know it was a lot of work, I want you to uh, see what God says to you from the timeline. That's been my prayer is that uh, it will uh, sort of let us look and see where God's been working and what God's been doing, and then we'll move forward from there. Uh, Therefore, Matthew chapter 6, so you know that I'm not losing my mind. I preached on this not long ago, but for whatever reason, God led me back here. Maybe I didn't do a good enough job, or maybe some of y'all needed as much as I do. But Matthew chapter 6, we're going to begin with verse 19. Jesus is teaching in that Sermon on the Mount, and really, uh, you could call this a new way to live, okay? And uh, it's not so much talking about forsaking gross sins, but one sin in particular, and you'll pick that out as we read through it. Uh, Matthew chapter 6, beginning in verse 19. Jesus says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. And therefore the light that is in you is darkness. How great is that darkness. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. And mammon is a Greek word for money. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on it. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? Can y'all grow an inch by worrying? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. spin thank you. Spin. But I say to you that even Solomon, all of, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will it not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let's pray. Father, uh, thank you for tonight. Guide us into your truth. Let it seep deep within our hearts, Lord. Lord, help all of us uh, to learn from this passage to apply it to our lives, and to grow from it. And as you do these things for us, we will praise your holy name. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Now, growing up, uh, one of my very best friends was named Jeff. Jeff was the most popular kid in our grade. Uh, just what you'd call an all-American boy. 
Uh, we played football together. We ran track together. We hunted together. We swam together. We did all the little things to get in trouble that little boys do together. Okay? And uh, <coughs> Jeff was the strongest kid in our class when we'd lift weights. Jeff's daddy had been a Golden Gloves champ champion, and so he was the toughest kid in our class and a grade or two above. Nobody messed with him because he knew how to use his fist, and, and uh, I found that out when we first met, and we settled that he was the toughest and I would be the second or the third or the fourth or whatever, okay? But uh, he and I were just good buddies, and Jeff, uh, how do I want to say it? He placed his trust in his strength. He was just strong as an ox. And uh, back then, we didn't wear seatbelts. And when asked why he wouldn't wear a seatbelt, he said, well, if a car comes and is going to hit me, I don't be trapped in the car. I'll just jump in the back seat. And he always said that, and I can remember saying that. When the passage of time, I moved off to another town, and I kept in touch with Jeff. We'd talk about every other week and do things. And then I got a call late one night, and Jeff had been in a car wreck. Somebody else was driving. Uh, the rainstorm had been pretty heavy there in Oklahoma. They'd hit a slick spot and hit a, a concrete embankment. And Jeff was thrown through the front windshield and was on life support, having brain damage. And uh, they had scheduled the next day for him to be unhooked from life support. And they unhooked him, and uh, Jeff went on to be with Jesus. Now, I tell you that story and it was a sad story for me. It was the first funeral I ever remember going to because Jeff had misplaced trust. He trusted in himself. When we go down through here, he talks about serving two masters and money and things and all these things and not worrying. But I really think what he's really telling us is where do we place our trust in this life? Whom do we trust in? Okay. And basically, we must place our trust only in our heavenly Father. Anyone else or anything else will fail us. We have to put our trust in our heavenly Father. And I think this shows up in how we live. Okay. So, the first thing I see is in verses 19 through 24. A Christian's trust will show up in their priorities. Shows up in our priorities. Look at those verses again with me. Verses 19 through 24. Do not lay up treasures for yourselves on earth where moth and rust destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, here's the warning, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore uh, the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for he will hate the one and love the other, or he'll be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So, under showing up in our priorities, uh, verse 19 tells me the pursuit of a goal. Jesus, by his example, wanted people to have their physical, material, and spiritual needs met. But he also knew the danger associated with pursuing the good life at all costs. 
I think sometimes we lose sight of the life, the, the fact that in America we are blessed beyond belief. We would not consider ourselves rich in any stretch of the imagination as far as a church body. But if you go to a third world country, most any third world country in the, in the world, you'll find out that we really are rich, blessed beyond measure. The difference is, do we pursue Christ and put our trust in Him, or do we pursue the good life? And Jesus is not condemning hard work, good planning, making money. He's emphasizing the proper priority in our lives, and that priority has to be him and his kingdom it has to be is it our thing you see it's too tr easy to trust in things and material wealth and our abilities in relationships to others it, it, to have what we need to have it's too easy to trust in those things when we get in a jam that we can get ourselves out you see and as disciples of christ the only one we're supposed to trust in is jesus in our heavenly father we need to understand that and then he talks in verses 20 and 21 about treasure at all costs. He said, look, wealth is fleeting. Somebody steals it. It rusts. It, it goes away. Uh, if you don't believe that, talk to several of the folks who have lost almost everything in the stock market or who somebody has raided their pension. I, I pastored a guy who, who drove a truck for 36 years, and somebody, some chief financial officer had stolen the pension and tried to run off to mexico and they got him and put him in prison but they couldn't recover the money it was gone and he had no retirement so after 36 years he had to go back to work again and it was a sour sour experience for that christian and uh and i didn't blame him it had been sour for me too but i think he lost sight of the fact that that uh, uh maybe god wanted him to trust in something other than that pension we need to understand all of us have to worry about treasure at all costs investing in something at all costs without investing in the kingdom of god and the challenge is for an undivided loyalty he talks about that in verses 22 through 24 an undivided loyalty see we can't we can't say well i can do this and do this and do this and i can still serve god it's got to be i can serve god and then i'll do what he wills there's a vast difference in that you understand, he said, you can't serve two masters. Either you'll hate the one and love the other, or be loyal to the one and despise the other, or not be loyal. And he says, you can't do that. You can't serve God and money, or God and things, or God and relationships. God has to be the chief priority. Everything else will fail. Now, I'm going to say something that isn't very popular, according to the radio and TV preachers, but you need to understand, if, if anything gets else in the way of God, God has a habit of taking it away from His children. Okay? If it's distracting, I can remember uh, Matthew. Now, Matthew, uh, praise the Lord, he, he graduated seminary. He's got his master's degree, okay? And he's good at what he does. But he never would imply, uh, apply himself in high school he drove elizabeth and i crazy we get these notices that he's he's got bad grades okay he wouldn't turn in his homework he wouldn't do anything he until it was an emergency he just didn't care drove me insane okay but what we found out was you take away a few of his toys and suddenly he straightened up lose his phone he'd study a little bit Take away his car that his peepaw brought him. He thought because peepaw brought it, I couldn't take it away. Guess what? It is in my house. I took it away. Okay. Uh, 
take away him being able to see a girlfriend or or I can just keep going on and on take away his ability to go show in these cattle shows he loved to do and suddenly he could make awfully good grades okay well my point was his priority should have been getting education doing what he's supposed to be instead it was having fun and doing all these other things and we had to take away things listen if your loyalty is not just to God if that's not your priority, if it doesn't show up as your priority, God has a way, hear me, of plucking it away. You see, it's sort of like a, uh, I have a friend that uh, uh, for years, till his back got so hurt from doing this, that he served as an EMT down in Little Rock. And he said they pulled up to this car wreck and, and all mangled, a big fancy BMW. And, you know, they had to take the jaws of life to get the guy out of the car. You know, they had to put a tourniquet on his arm because he was about to lose it. And here's what the guy was saying while they were putting him, uh, this is according to David, my friend, while they were putting him in the ambulance. Oh, my BMW. Oh, my BMW. He said, sir, you're about to lose your your life they cut your arm off and 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 literally it had and we had to 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 do this and i don't think there's any way to reattach it he says oh is my rolex okay oh is my rolex okay those are the wrong priorities okay and maybe we don't have a bmw or a rolex but if we're not careful we'll have something that gets mixed up in our priorities okay uh it might be a relationship it might be a job. It might be some kind of bank account. It might be, I don't know, you fill in the blank. It could be our reputations that get in the way. See, because we don't want to be a Bible thumper and everybody think that we're weird so we're not sold out to Christ. That's the wrong priority. We need to understand that. And when we live the way Jesus wants us to live, it shows up in our priorities. Okay? The second thing that, is this in verses 25 through 30 Christian trust shows up in our attitudes you know the priority thing I don't always get it right I really don't but when Jesus starts talking about attitudes I hated this section of scripture I really did okay so look at it again with me maybe you don't have an attitude problem like I get Elizabeth sometimes would like to take a big stick and work on my attitudes but She's too gracious to do that. She didn't even say amen, did she? <laughs> I better watch. She's getting the big stick. Verse 25. Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, nor about your body, what you put on it. Is life not more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, <coughs> in all of his glory, now think of that, was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown in the oven, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? You see, he's talking about it shows up in our attitudes. Now, <clears throat> I want you to realize that through here, Jesus is using a, a teaching technique that goes from the lesser to the greater. Okay? He goes from the birds to people. He goes from clothing to the lilies. He goes from... from 
little faith to great faith. Okay, and he does that, and he's he's teaching about two possible attitudes of faith, two possible attitudes of life. One is of faith. God is always taking care of us. He will always take care of us. Okay, our Lord, there's another problem on the horizon. Oh me, oh my, what am I going to do today? You see, it goes faith or worry. Where worry is, faith doesn't flourish. Where faith is, worry cannot enter. Okay, it's one or the other. And what he's condemning again is misplaced trust. Okay, and so he says God cares for his creation. He says, aren't we more valuable than these birds that he feeds every day? And if you have you ever really thought about that now, you watch the birds and early in the morning they wake up. I don't care what you say. They are not just singing because it's daylight. They are singing to their creator because he is feeding them. He's fed them every day of their lives. And they're singing to their creator. I love to listen to the birds sing. As a matter of fact, I think that, that they took away my man card because Liz has been feeding the birds and, and she's got her mama's old bird dictionary where you look them up and every once in a while I have to look and see what kind of bird that is. But I love it. I, I just am enthralled with how they can sing and what they sound like because that, that's just them praising God, and that's the way I'm supposed to wake up, not worrying about what's happening during the day, but you see, uh, not having misplaced trust. He cares for creation, and I'm more valuable than these things. And then I think what he says in this passage is worry doesn't change anything. You can't add one inch to your stature by worrying. You couldn't change having gray hair by worrying. You can't change having no hair by worrying. Okay, you can't change anything by worrying. Uh, you can get gray hair by worrying, brother. I agree to that. You see, we need to ask that. You see, worry really doesn't change not one thing. I think that uh, Paul was very instructive. If you're taking notes, Romans eight thirty two, and you know this passage. 8.31 says, What shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And the answer is, no one. Then he goes on. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? It's a Bible promise. He says, quit worrying. You know, uh, I don't know if... <clears throat> If you fly very often, I don't fly very often. Uh, I enjoy flying. I think that it's a marvelous thing. I, I don't even mind flying in those little those little planes, you know, that bump and, and bounce. The, the kids come and see us sometimes, and they fly in those little planes, and they're just petrified. And I said, quit worrying. They've they got it. Uh, you, you're more likely to be stuck, struck by lightning three times than have a plane wreck. Of course, we know somebody this week that had a plane wreck, don't we? <laughs> but, yeah, we do. But, but see... It's sort of like the guy who was rushing through. He was going from one terminal to another terminal. He didn't want to miss his plane. One plane was late. He was sure the other one was already boarding. He was huffing and puffing and just going as fast as he could. And he almost ran over this pilot pulling his bag behind him. The pilot said, slow down, slow down. Where are you going? He explained to him, I'm late. I'm going to this gate. I'm, I'm uh, uh, just, just I, they're going to leave me. He said, don't worry about it. I'm the pilot for that flight. They're not leaving without me. And the guy went, now, here's the spiritual lesson. If the pilot's not worried about it, you don't have to worry about it. And God is our pilot. And if he's 
not sitting up not at night worrying about it. Guess what? We don't have to either. And we need to understand that. Now I say that to myself as much as to you because what, what worries you might be some of the same things that worries me. Some things keep me up and this and that. I come from a long line of worriers. Not as long a line as Elizabeth's line of worriers, but uh, I swear her mama was the most Christian lady I ever met, but that woman could make up things to worry about. Gary, don't you know I'm feeding my kids grapes? Don't you know that grapes are the number one things little kids choke on? No, Grandma didn't realize that. I'll not feed them grapes. The next weekend, there at our house, I'm cutting up hot dogs. Gary, don't you know hot dogs are the number one things kids choke on? <laughs> I decided she wasn't worried about the food. She was worried about me and not knowing what I was doing. So, and... Uh, Unfortunately, my girls have inherited that from their mother. They worry about everything. They make up stuff to worry about. And Jesus says, look, it shows up in our attitude. Is it an attitude of faith or an attitude of worry? And so we need to stop worrying. If we're praying about it and in God's will, things are going to do what they're supposed to do. And he's going to take care of us. The final one is this. Our trust shows up in our lifestyles, which is really uh, what it's all about because you see <clears throat> he tells us this in the last three verses therefore do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear for after these things the gentiles seek for your heavenly father knows that you need these things now listen to me the gentiles were the ones who did not know god he was pointing out to us and to his hearers you know the one true god you know what kind of father he is. You know him. Why are you worried like those who don't know him? Those that don't know Jesus as Lord and Savior have something to worry about. Okay? And they don't have somebody to help them in life. They don't have the Bible promises that we have that all things work together for good to those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Whom he foreknew, he also did predestine to be conformed to the image of his Son. They don't have the promises that we read at 8.32 that he'd give us all things just as he gave, freely gave Jesus whatsoever we need. They don't have these Bible promises. But he's saying there, look, it shows up in our lifestyle. How do we live? He said, for your heavenly Father knows that you need these things. Then he goes and says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own thing. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. You see, we need to ask what we seek. Do we put our Heavenly Father uh, first place and seek His kingdom and uh, not worry about uh, the other things in our lifestyle? It says, seek first God's kingdom, His righteousness, and all these things that want to claim our attention will fall into place. Quit worrying about it. You see, it shouldn't be a warrior mentality because we know the Father. Do we understand that, of who our Savior is? I had a professor in seminary, T.W. Hunt. T.W. Hunt, when he was alive, uh, was one of the greatest musicians uh, in the United States. He was so good at uh, being a musician, playing the piano, that he could have been a concert pianist. As a matter of fact, he was headed down that path till he got saved. 
And then he started teaching music at the seminary. But the reason I appreciated him, he was a great man of prayer. He has many prayer studies that the Southern Baptist literature still has. If you see something by T.W. Hunt, read it. It'll be good on prayer. But we focused on this passage of Scripture. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. We focused on that for a whole semester. And he would add other things to it and talk to about how that works in a believer's prayer life. And basically what he said was what I'm sharing with you. Over the course of the years, you know, giving up the concert pianist route and coming to be a uh, seminary professor because they don't make a lot of money, just like a lot of other professors in private schools don't make a lot of money. And he says, when we got here, we needed a new car. So there wasn't any doubt about we needed a new car. It wasn't going to get us from point A to point B uh, anywhere we needed to go. And he said, I worried about it and worried about it until I read this passage and I began to turn it over to God. And he said, pretty soon I quit worrying about it. My wife quit worrying about it. We just uh, went where we needed to go and God let the car keep going. He said, and one day <coughs> I went to this church and and played for them a little concert, you know. And, and uh, this gentleman walked up to me and said, Hey, God's impressed on me to give you a car. He said it wasn't brand new. He said it only had 30,000 miles and did 300,000 miles. He said, I was glad. And so he got that. He said their, their washing machine went out with three, three little kids, three little uh, from baby to toddler. He said they had lots of clothes and said they didn't have uh, throwaway diapers. You had to wash the diapers. And so what are they going to do to wash the diapers? And, and so he and his wife did the same thing. They just quit worrying about it and prayed about it. And, and again, he went to another church uh, about two weeks later. And uh, somebody said, hey, God's told me you need a washing machine. Gave him a brand new washing machine. Okay. I can keep going. He related I, I, through that semester. He related time after time. He said it got so bad that <clears throat> people would come up, and give him cars, or give him this, or give him that, and he was giving them away to other people. Okay, and he said, "Here's what you need to understand: if you're seeking God and His kingdom and righteousness first, all these other things God causes to fall in place. But if you're not seeking God and His righteousness first, again, God takes away those things we trust in." And uh, that was that, that made an impression upon me. So he asked us, you know, what 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 are you going to worry about today, fellas? He said, sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Do what you can today. And let God handle the rest. OK, now I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes. Maybe you realize that today you haven't been pursuing the proper priorities and you want to commit that to God. Uh, maybe you need to turn your life over to Him, what He wants you to do, and where He wants you to do it, and just trust Him for that. Maybe, uh, like me, you needed an attitude adjustment, and God's been adjusting it, and you haven't been liking it, and uh, you need to adjust your attitude. Maybe it needs to show up in your lifestyles. What are you seeking after I don't know. Maybe there's some things that you're worried about and you need to turn them at the foot of the cross here at the altar. Maybe uh, you should be worried because you need to come in rededication and repentance. Maybe you haven't accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior publicly. I don't know, but God knows. And so we're going to have a prayer. Then you're going to stand. Brother Ronnie's going to lead us a hymn of invitation. And you come as you need to come. Maybe 
It's a family member. And you just need to turn them over to God because you can't do anything with them. Maybe uh, it's a job situation. And you're not being treated fairly, but you can't do anything about it. It's not fair, but you can't, you can't solve the situation. And, and really and truly, you need to let God handle it. You see, there are some things that we have to seek other than these things. And these things are what the devil uses to get us off track, to get our minds off track and our hearts off track and worried. And we need to turn them over at the foot of the cross to Jesus and really leave them there. Father, thank you for your word. It reminds me of how faithful you are. It reminds me of how wonderful you are, that you are good and good all the time. And, Father, that you love us, that every good and perfect gift is from above, from you, that you never change. And, Father, I know there are problems in every household in our church. I know some are being attacked, Father, and uh, you've just... uh, allowed these things to happen to for our sanctification so we'll grow in christ and lord we ask that we would trust you we would seek you it'll show up in our lifestyles and our attitudes our priorities and and what we deem important and that lord as we seek your kingdom and your righteousness you will bless our church and let it be a light to our community so that others will be drawn to know jesus it's for his glory that i pray these things Amen. Will you stand, please?